0: Good morning, everyone. Good Super Bowl morning, everyone. <laughs> Super Bowl morning, yeah. Super Bowl morning. Last night was Super Bowl Eve, yes. Very. So, this afternoon here is Pastor Dan was saying we're having uh, we're going to be watching the game, uh, the Steelers. Okay, two people. The Green Bay Packers. Uh, and last year I believe we had forty-six different chili entries. Maybe we'll have more this year, so chili. Two people are excited about chili. So the eight of us will enjoy uh, ourselves this, this afternoon. It'll be it'll be a good time. We got a lot going on today and uh, plenty of seats uh, back over here. So, um, just to let you know. Um, yeah, lots going on today and uh we're having baptisms. We had three people or three people are being baptized today uh two in this gathering. Yeah. Better than the Packers, better than Steelers. Better than Chili being baptized in Chili maybe not so much, but uh so we have that. So uh, and please don't cheer about this next part. I'm going to have a shorter talk today. Ah, oh, that's not very nice. So, uh, we're going to kind of not a whole lot of little Marky stories or, or, or things like that. So, uh, you know, I was thinking about this scripture that we're going to be in today. It's Matthew chapter 6 and uh, 19. And it's one of these things that... Um, uh, it's hard teaching. It just—it just—I don't know how else to get around it. You know, uh, Pastor Eric last week was talking about Smoothie Jesus and how like we like to hang out with Smoothie Jesus and everything. This Jesus, we don't like to hang. This is Money Jesus, and like hanging out with Money Jesus when Jesus is talking about money is not not so cool and everything. But but those of us who are followers of Christ, you know, we really. We, we have this tension that, that we live in. I have this belief that there's a lot of us who, who want to be Christians and in the abstract kind of like give our lives to Christ and the person of Christ. And a lot of times that person of Christ in our mind is Smoothie Jesus. But to be a fully devoted follower of Christ also means being fully devoted to not only the person but his teachings and that's where it gets really really hard and today I think this is one of these these hard scriptures when these hard teachings and I think a lot of times in our our mind because it's about money and treasures and ultimately really it's about the heart that we we try to say, oh well, that's just that's just the pastor talking about money and 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 all this kind of stuff. But I don't want you to use that excuse today, because we're not talking about what I think. We're talking about what Jesus said. And for those of us who are followers of Christ, and we are dedicated to fully being devoted to following Him and His teachings, that. That this is something that you know quite frankly we've got to wrestle with, and starting in verse nineteen there's a, there's a couple a couple of verses here that just kind of set the stage of what Jesus is going to be talking about. He says this: "Do not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them, and rust destroys them." And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven, where where moths can and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. And I got to tell you that that last line has been kind of—I've been really struggling with it all all week. Is that true? Is that statement true? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And I struggled with that and struggled with that. And, and one thing that I decided to do was to put it to the test. And I decided before I put it to the test, I made a commitment to God that I was going to share the results of that test with you guys. Just being vulnerable. Just being honest. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Dan was talking about the person who we think we are and the person that we actually are. And a lot of times there's a gap in between those two things. And, you know, where your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. Kind of this idea of, okay, here's where I think my heart is now does it line up with where my treasures are? Because if I believe what Jesus says is true, if I believe that Jesus is instructing and speaking to me and speaking into my life, and he's speaking into my life with the express purpose that he wants me to move from my default setting of fulfilling my own selfish desires and to move toward the vision that he has for my life, that if there is a gap between those two things, that something has to change if I'm going to call myself a follower of Christ. So this is what I decided to do. I decided to write down what I thought my life was about. And then I decided that I was going to go to my financial statement and to see what my heart, where my treasure was, and to see if it lines up. So this is what I did went through and and decided all right where where does the mcneese family put its money where does the mcneese family put its treasure so this is what i found here's the top 5 housing number 1 nothing else is close housing number 2 food Mac niece. It's just the name. <laughs> Food and other household supplies. I mean like cleaning supplies. That's where my wife's heart is. <laughs> Food, me, her, cleaning supplies. So all you know, basically all the household stuff, like air filters. You bought an air filter lately? It's ridiculous how expensive. It's cotton balls. It's crazy. So housing food. Number three, my giving to, uh, our giving here, our giving to church. Number four, braces. <laughs> braces. Braces, yeah, braces. Number five, utilities. Utilities. And I looked at those five, and I'm like, all right, is, is it true? Is it, Wherever my treasure is, housing, food, church, braces, utilities, is also where my my heart is as well. And I was thinking about housing. You know, what does housing represent? Well, security, right? Comfort. Kind of protection. My heart's definitely there for, you know, all those things. Security for my family, safety uh privacy definitely that's true food and cleaning supplies yeah I mean I gotta I gotta be honest with you I am all about food you know I love food and and uh my heart's definitely there uh church yeah you know what my heart my heart is here you know, this community and, and the interaction that we have on, with each other and the impact that we're making in greater Tallahassee area and in Haiti and in and Guatemala and, and uh, our partnership, you know, doing the documentary and all these kinds of things. I believe in my heart is in this place. You know, braces, you know, I was like sitting there going like braces. Is my heart really... And the braces. And, and I think, started to think, you know what? The braces actually transcend just, you know, lots of good jokes to make fun of my daughter. But it actually, uh, the reason we got, we got braces is not so much a cosmetic thing, you know. You know, snaggle daughter is okay with me. I, it's fine. But really what it came down to was that the doctor told us that if she didn't have braces, that, that in the future that she was going to have major teeth problems. And I'm like, well, how much in the future? And he, he's like, probably around 30 she'll have to have major, you know, dental work. I'm like, 30? She's on her own by then, you know. But Shannon's like, no. You know we got to take care of her and all all this kind of stuff so uh you know but that really it goes to you know, we value our children and even when you know in the future where she's an adult we we value her future and that really is where my my heart is as well hey there's uh plenty of seats i think over here uh, if you just go yeah there plenty of seats right here in front i don't know why people aren't sitting right there but Plenty of seats right there, so um, so yeah, definitely my my heart is there as well. And then utilities, what's utilities represent? Represents again warmth and water and 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 all these things. So as I looked at these five things, and it's like okay, you know, if you look at my five things, you're like okay, Mark values you know, family and security and he values this place and, and what this represents in the context of, of God. He values his, his, uh, at least his daughter's future and, and, uh, you know, make sure that we're clean and have warmth and all these kind of different things. And I just kind of wrestled with that. And I was like, really, you know, just kind of frightened about, about doing that little exercise, but it, but it, looking at that and saying, does it line up with where I feel that I should be or where Christ has called me to be? Are those in the right order? Are there things on that list that should not be on that list? Or are there things not on that list that should be on that list? And really struggling with that because if it is true, wherever my treasure is, there the desires of my heart will be also then those two things, those lists should line up. So to unpack this a little bit more, he, he goes and he tries to uh, uh, give us some examples of what this really looks like. And in verse 22, he says, Your eye is a lamp that provides the light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. You know, this is so far out of our, out of our context that a lot of times when we, we hit teachings like that, that little blurb, we'll just skip over it and not really give it a lot of thought. But when we do that, We're missing some eternal truth that that really we need to get at. You see, in the the ancients believed that light was actually emitted from the eye. And that that light actually was life. We have sayings that have come out of that that belief, like they you have a light in your eye or a sparkle in your eye, you know, a twinkle in your eye, thing, things like that, and, and what this really means here is that there's life, you know, we also talk about when people's eyes are dark, you know, it means they're angry or evil or, or they're in a depression or things like that, that the light isn't in their eye. So we have this kind of this teaching and what Jesus is trying to get at is, is you know what, with light there's life and with darkness there is the absence of life. And, and really the saying goes here is Jesus is talking about this light, this single eye, as actual generosity. In a first century saying they, they would talk about how, how he has a light in his eye. And they would say the one eye, and that eye represented generosity. And when they said they have darkness in their eyes, that they would talk about that being stingy or being greedy. Kind of the Scrooge idea. Kind of this. This, this tension and this dichotomy of, of someone who's generous versus someone who is stingy and greedy. So when you re-look at this with that kind of understanding, it says your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. Your generosity. Your generosity is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, when your generosity is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, when you're stingy, when you're greedy, when you're self serving, your whole body is filled with darkness. And then he just added, you know what? And how bad is it for you guys who are greedy and stingy and self serving who actually think that you are generous? How dark a life that you're actually living. So he's setting this up for us. He's like, first, here where you, you don't want to know where your heart is, look at where your treasure is. And you know what? If you like come and do this exercise and you think that you're a generous person, and and you and you think that you're living in the light and you find out that you're not, how dark have you been living in? And that 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 you know what? We need to figure and we need to settle this. And those of us who are followers of Christ need to submit ourselves to not what we think we are, but where we are in reality. Then he goes on to say this, No one can serve two masters. For you will either hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Does that mean that you... Can't have money, that you can't be rich or you can't live well? No, that's not what Jesus is saying at all. But if your heart's desire is to be rich, if your heart's desire is to have, you know, so much money that you don't even need God, that that money is going to be your master. And it may not just be money, it may be, you know, the things that money buy. But whatever that thing is that really settling, you know, this is just kind of like a, you know, we have a saying, you know, come to Jesus thing, but this is literally like a come to Jesus. You know, are your activities, are your pursuits, is your heart in line with the teachings of Jesus? And in verse 25, he goes on and he wants to give us some encouragement. And as he says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Pastor Eric Case teaching about clothing last week. Jesus here is saying, our life is more than just clothing. That, that there's something greater than that. And then he goes on, he says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable in, to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And so many of us worry about things in the future, don't we? We worry and worry and worry. I worry all the time. I tell you not to worry, and then I go worry about it. It's what I do. But, but the truth is, and we have, you know, we live in this, you know, the 21st century. And there's not a single person here who doesn't know that that worry only has a destructive impact in our lives, that it doesn't value, it doesn't help us at all. So in verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And that's really what it comes down to, doesn't it? It's this idea of faith. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to have faith in? Are you going to have faith in your portfolio and your your income statement? Are you going to have faith in your ability to produce the, the life that you've envisioned for yourself? Or are you going to have faith in Jesus Christ, are you going to trust? And he's, he's laying this out and using the, these imageries of, of the birds who don't plant and they, and they, they don't store their food in barns and, and you are so much more valuable. Or the lilies of the field. And, and back in the day, in the, in the first century, they used to burn everything for fuel. And he's talking about, you know, the wildflowers are here today, then thrown into the fire tomorrow. He's painting this, this picture of, of a common practice in the first century was grass or flowers or wood. Whatever was burnable, they burned it for warmth and for, you know, to, to, to heat up their food and all this kind of stuff. And he's saying, look at how beautiful the flowers of the field are. And they're just Temporary. How much more valuable are you to our God? You see, we know that God so loved us that He sent His only Son so we can have eternal life and a relationship with Him. He didn't do that for the flowers. He didn't do that for the birds. He didn't do that for the trees. He did it for you. And again, It's one of these teachings where we sit there and we say, All right, am I a follower of Christ? Is this my stated aim in life? Am am I seeking out to be fully devoted follower to the person and the teachings of Jesus Christ? And if the answer is yes, going back through and saying, All right, well then these things need to line up. That that where my treasure is. my heart is also, so where my heart is, my treasure needs to be. That, that you know what, there's a, a lamp in my eye and generosity. For some reason, the generosity produces life in me. Where being stingy and selfish produces darkness. That I know that I can't serve two masters as hard as that I try. And then the encouragement of, you know what, God loves me. And cares for me. And I need to have faith in Him. So he continues on. He says, look, don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Ouch. That really struck me this week. That when... I'm sitting there and I am stressing about the future and about money. When I am being stingy and and self serving and wondering what am I gonna eat and what am I gonna wear and all these kind of just looking for the base common denominator of of existence and I'm trusting in myself, I am no different than someone who is not a follower of Christ. That's tough. That there's no difference that Jesus say, "Look, you want to behave that way, there is no difference between you and a follower a follower of me. Absolutely none. So what is it going to be? You cannot serve two masters. And then he closes with this, says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. <laughs> yeah, it is an amen. Another I agree, you know, it, it's true. All of us know intellectually that we can't guarantee tomorrow, and we can't worry Tomorrow into a better day today, and we have to sit there and say, "All right." And again, this, if you're not a follower of Christ today, you know, and, and your desire isn't to follow Christ, the, the, this is not—you know—you're not—you're not bound to this. But for those of us, for those of us who say we are followers of Christ that we are the followers of his teaching that we have to struggle with this that we have to come in line with the reality that we cannot serve two masters and decide who are we going to serve are we going to act like people who do not have faith in Jesus Christ And worry about tomorrow. Or worry about. You know what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear. Or. Are we going to line up our heart. And by extension our treasures. To reflect the values of our Lord Jesus Christ? Hard question. But again, we're looking at the teachings of Christ and what He said. And those of us who are followers of Him need to answer that question. Will you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, tough, tough teachings. Whenever you touch on money, people freak out. <laughs> and they freak out because, you know what? You said where our treasures are, our hearts are also. And when we talk about treasure, we're t- touching a raw nerve in the heart. God, God, For those of us who say we want to be fully devoted followers of you, that we just, I just pray that you give us the courage to not be like people who do not have faith in you, who do not believe in you. That we will live an elevated life that's different, that that is an example of who you are and what we believe. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.